Welcome to Two Beats Off Podcast, Episode 3. We're here today with uh, TJ and Justin. Justin, what have you been up to this past week? This pa- You didn't tell me you were going to do that. Fuck, okay, we'll just fucking go with it. What have I been up to? Yeah, what's um, it, how are you feeling today? I feel pretty good today. How do you guys feel today? Good. TJ, what's up? Good. I had uh, I ate a quarter of cheesecake for lunch. <laughs> My uh, do you guys do you guys get bags of cheese ends? Steven, you're a grocery store guy. Do you do cheese ends? Cheese ends. Yeah, at uh Dutchway, you can just buy a bag of like when you get at the deli, the slicer gets to the end and you can't get any more slices out of it. Right, right, right. They put a bunch of hunks in a bag and then they discount it. <laughs> that brother- sounds like this. That yeah, sounds like this podcast, a bunch of hunks in a bag. <laughs> Two beats off, bunch of hunks in a bag. No, it's my, Cheez-Its at our store, no cheese ends. Oh, my brother and I picked at a bag of cheese ends today. Cheez-Its go. are good, though. Actually, I had um, a taco kind recently. They were pretty good. Taco Cheez-Its? Yeah, taco-flavored Cheez-Its. It, like, t- or, yeah, no, they were good. Guys, I've been waiting, like, this whole week. So I've been saving all my best jokes for on air now. It's like a thing I do. I don't want to tell Steven about them. Um, <laughs> so Lo- Lois, credit where credit is due, had this great joke. What's the cure if you get the coronavirus? Put a lime in it. <laughs> Put a lime in it. Like a, like a corona. Like a corona. Yeah, like the Mexican beer. You put a lime in your mouth and... <laughs> Guys. <laughs> he was saving that up all week. <laughs> I even told Lois earlier, I was like, I didn't tell Steven your great coronavirus joke because I'm waiting for on air. And she got really excited. <laughs> but so I kind of heard like a joke. It was like something about... What's the worst disease you can get with coronavirus? It was Lyme's disease. Oh, she thought she made it up. She was really proud of it. She All right, did. but check it out. So, Lois, when you listen to this, it was a good joke. It was probably one of those things. It's very, it's funny to married people. And then when you tell it to other people, it's just misses. Sorry. But I'm sure it was funny oh, in the moment. You guys are married. Yeah, but we weren't, we weren't in the room. Like, that's one nope. of those things that's funny to your spouse and you, but it doesn't translate well to other people. All right, fair enough. Like sex. Buddy. <laughs> you keep zigging when you should zag. <laughs> That'll my gravestone. <laughs> he zigged when he should have zagged. <laughs> oh, shit. So, so this week we have Jack Terrycloth on the, the, uh, the episode. You flew solo on that interview, didn't you, bud? A little solo. Um... Brittany came with me, my wife. Um, we they were playing the auto bar, so this is actually our first in-person interview. Ooh. Done. Um, it was cool. They were super nice. Uh, there was a portion of the interview that we had to cut because Brittany and his girlfriend were talking while we were talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, apologies in advance for the fact that we were in Baltimore City, and there is a great portion of the episode where you hear. But to me, that just represents Baltimore. It adds a little, adds some authenticity to it. A little grit. 
Yeah, there's a sound in it, and I was listening. I was like, I don't even know what that is. It sounds like maybe there's like a, I'm in a haunted room, um, <laughs> but you can still make it out, and it was cool. And I mean, they were super nice and really accommodating, and I am happy we were able to do it. So thanks to World Inferno Friendship Society, their manager Dominic, who helped set it up, and everyone. So thank you. <laughs> What was the first time? Do you have like any memories of World and Friendship Society? So I didn't get, well, I mean, I didn't really know who they were. And I was pretty young, and uh, Kaylee took me to go see them, which I mentioned in the interview. Because um, sometimes we just went to shows together because she was like four years older. So she always knew bands I didn't know. So I, anytime she went to the auto bar, a lot of times I'd just go along because, sorry, Kaylee, you didn't have many friends. <laughs> <laughs> Does she listen? Oh, she'll listen to this one. Okay. <laughs> and uh, many, many punk friends, I guess is what I should say. So we we went to see him, and I just remember being like, this band is fucking weird as shit. Um, and that's about it. I, I don't know. I didn't really spend much time with them until, like, right before the interview, because I saw the opportunity that they were playing near here. And it's a pretty wild ride for anyone who has never listened to them who likes punk music, but wants to like punk music uh, at the circus. At the circus. I, uh, I first, I hadn't heard of them, and I saw them play in State College with the Bouncing Souls and Modern Life is War. Yeah, so the, a lot of the interview is about the Bouncing Souls. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, he was I, in Sticks and Stones. Right, and I didn't realize that he was in Sticks and Stones until I started trying to do research for it. And uh, that's kind of how that happened. But, yeah, he was in Sticks and Stones, and uh, I guess they're pretty good friends with the Bouncing Souls. So that makes sense. It was a weird show. It's, My Life is War stuck out like a sore thumb. Well, I'm sure. What year was that? Oh, geez. Lois and I had just started dating maybe 2007 or eight. Okay, so, like, probably witness her before. Yeah. Actually, no, no, no. No, it was Midnight in America. Midnight in the... America came out in 2007, I think, because I got a pre-release copy of This Is Hardcore, the one we went to, TJ. Oh, yes, yes. What was that, 2008? Oh, two, that might have been 2007. Seven, we went seven, I went nine, 11. I was going every other year. So seven, 2007. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that was, uh, that was the only This Is Hardcore show I went to, but I remember getting a pre-release of Midnight in America, and I also remember... Everyone being really disappointed in that record and me thinking Stagger Lee was such a badass fucking song. That's what I remember about that show is him just like coming out and hollering, I am Stagger Lee. Yeah, that's such a gr I mean, look, it's, cool. it's a really fucking good record that no one appreciated at the time. And Greg from the Bouncing Souls wore a sumo suit and crowd surfed. <laughs> Better than his normal fucking outfits. Jesus <laughs> Christ. He looked like me when I thought I was a rude boy in middle school. Oh, but <laughs> well, sorry, Greg. I guess we'll never interview you. I did already inquire about it, so <laughs> that's how we got the uh, um, notation here: "Future Boy Sets Fire." Nathan Gray interview by emailing about the Bouncing Souls and ending up with the Boy Sets Fire interview. That's what's up. Yeah, uh, cool correlation there. Um, TJ, who won the Bears game? Bears oh. versus hockey. Not the Bears. They lost 4-2 tonight. Who'd they play? Uh, Binghamton Devils. Fuck yeah, two in a row for the Bing boys. Against Hershey, yeah. 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 
Are you still a season ticket holder, TJ? Yes. Yes, indeed. Bingers won last night, I saw. It, yep. And the Bingers won tonight. I should TJ, you didn't tell me it was Binghamton. I would have fucking told Ryan to fuck off, and we could have done the interview later. <laughs> yeah, sorry, bud. I, I didn't know until I got to the game. Are they the, uh, the, the team? Devils. The Devils farm team affiliate thing. Corey yeah. Schneider was backing up tonight. Who was? Corey oh, Schneider. He was backing up? Yeah, he was backing up. He was on the bench tonight. Boy, he's not hes not even an AHL goalie anymore. That's hard times, man. Yeah. That's sad. We're hemorrhaging, we're hemorrhaging listeners. He was, a, uh, he was one of my Nobody's listening. Players. You know, I don't give a fuck. This is our podcast, and I like hockey, so if these people don't fucking like it, they can fucking fast forward. Talk, talking, about re- talking about regional hockey on Hardcore Podcast here. <laughs> well, li- listen, Corey Schneider was an NHL goaltender for like 10-plus years, so they hey, can fuck off. And, and double listen, we're all in our 30s, uh, I like hockey now phase, right? Right, yeah. You're not still like hockey. But me and yeah. Steve always liked hockey, so there's that. There's I'm in my th- Porn hockey started with the same ladder. I'm in my 30s. I watch baseball on TV now. Face. Yeah. Well, at least I don't even get the team I like anymore because I moved 20 miles away and now I don't get fucking Phillies games in Hanover. And I'm ragging on you guys for regional hockey. When it gets warm out, I'll be talking about the Reading fighting Phils. So. Fighting Phils. I like the Phils. Uh, yeah. So, hey, what's what's up? Justin's got a list for us, TJ. He actually prepared today. Ooh, It's not like a – that's not a shot at Justin. It's a shot on all of us for never preparing. So thank <laughs> yeah. you, Justin, for putting together a list. You're welcome. TJ, did you listen to the uh, the new Ian McKay, Joe Lally band? I heard – I listened to like half the song. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's all right. It sticks with sticks with that vibe all the way through, and then it's a little loud at the end. It's a little argumenty, argument. Yeah, that's what I've been seeing. Is people think it's argument, um, red medicine e. I can see that. I think it's cool. Yeah, I think it's cool. The only disappointing is it. It's so it's similar to something he's done before, where I feel as if he's always kind of pushed the envelope and tried for new things. Mm, yeah. But what are his fans? His fans are gonna bitch either way. If he does something new, people are going to be like, oh, it doesn't sound like this. Yeah, but in 10 years, then they will like it. I don't know. I, I'm still lukewarm on the evens, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I'm not a big evens fan. Sorry, Ian. I'm lukewarm <laughs> on Embrace, honestly. I'm not lukewarm on Embrace at all. <laughs> Do you I, love Embrace or you hate it? No, I will jerk off to Embrace. <laughs> God damn it. There you go. There you go. That, uh, I got to work for that show at the bookstore up in Harrisburg, but that's going to be really cool. There's going to be a lot of people there, I bet. Yeah, I got it close to, and I'm I'm debating trying to get off work for it. So, I'm debating whether driving to Harrisburg for the chance that I might not get in because there's no advanced tickets. Yeah, that's a bit of a bummer, but you know what? Sometimes you got to be punk. It's on par. What else you got on your list there, Justin? Oh, we're flying through. I thought that would Did take a little more time. A little bit longer. Wait, yeah. well, the band name? No, we didn't even talk about the band. Oh, the band is called Corky. Corky, yeah. And it's only only on Bandcamp. I didn't. I looked for it on Spotify and I didn't find it yet. No, Good, keeping but, it DIY are, there. Are, are, <laughs> <laughs> are, are they pl- like what other show? I know they played Fort Reno. Are they playing other shows? Or? They. I, I believe they have played already. Like, yeah, they right. played, they played some... for Reno already. I know that. There's a video. 
I think they've got like a string of four, maybe five shows that they're doing. Well, no, I think in like 2018, they played a handful of shows without like a record. Oh, yeah? I think so. I thought I read that. Um, I know this group of people have played live before. Is this like a yes. one-off show, or is it like do they have other shows coming up? No, it's a it's a full tour. Hold on one second. Oh, it is okay. Uh, yeah, it's a tour. We're talking about a show in Harrisburg, by the way, for anyone listening. It the 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 um, well, no, I guess the show will be what is it, the twenty fourth? Yeah, I think it's still in the future when this airs, so you're good. Yeah, this will air the seventeenth, so you guys got like seven days a week essentially if you want to go see quirky and harrisburg at midtown seven days seven days that was a joke about the ring the ring yeah i got that yeah horror movie the ring was that in the ring or like yeah when they watched the videotape it's like seven days okay i it's been Um, a while for me uh, Fugazi members Ian McKay and Joe Lally have reconvened to form a new band. The as yet untitled outfit, which is rounded out by McKay's wife, Amy Farina of the Evens. Oh yeah, okay. So I'm reading an article about them forming the band, but it this article posted November 2018. Oh, okay. So so they played some gigs. Yeah. And now they have an LP coming out, and it's a tour. Cool. Super informative. Yeah, that's you not know, great. We should start a band. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> we should start a band called Romano and see if we could do a quirky Romano tour. <laughs> that's reaching, but <laughs> wow. Um... All right, so I called that a real tour. It looks like it's four shows with two days in between each of them. Oh. Unless punknews.org's website is not loading at all. But So when I tried to make this list for like topics, because we're a music podcast, I wanted it to be about music, I looked at punknews.org and was like, oh, what news can we talk about? And I had to scroll through like two pages of stuff before I recognized a band's name. That's how out of the loop I am. But on Punk News? On Punk News, yeah. Is that like a relevant website, though, anymore? Yeah. I think so. When was the last time you checked it before today? Oh, God, I don't know. So I guess to us it's not relevant. I I mean, checked it for real? Because I follow it on Twitter, so I guess I see it sometimes. Mm. My next topic is GBH DOA tour, and I thought we could just kind of Talk about old bands going on tour. You're playing with DOA, right? Yeah, I was hesitant to to uh, agree to it, honestly. What? Why? They're boring. Oh. Who's playing the show? You got DOA, you got Old Tigers, and who's the third band? I Dude. I was hoping you could interview Joey Shithead. Now you can't. You said they're boring. <laughs> Joey... I love DOA. Yeah, I'm really excited to play the show. <laughs> I know their song, You Fucked Up Ronnie, from a punk documentary. Well, you fucked up, Steve. You can't interview him now. Well, wait, 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 who's Joey Shithead? The singer, singer of DOA. But he's not Jello. No. <laughs> so. <laughs> what? Jello sang on a record. Oh, well, 
he's not in the Jello's not in the Melvins either, and he sang our record for them. Yeah. Um, you got. You guys aren't helping me here at all. No, hold on. I'm sending a text right now. <laughs> Trying to figure out how he can get Joey Shithead on the podcast. <laughs> I guess so. More like Stevie Shithead over there right now. Am I right? Um, no, well, DOA, who, who's the other old old people band? GBH has gone on tour. I thought they'd been touring for a while. Are they still? I don't know. I saw it on punknews.org, a relevant website. Okay, so we're just taking punknews.org. Change their header. No, I have okay. I have some non-music related stuff. Well, let's do my last music related um, bullet point. Let's talk about the Rage Tour. Yeah, this just came out <laughs> in um, our Ryan interview. We I admitted to Justin that I probably need to apologize for talking shit on their first few shows when they announced that they were donating the proceeds to. Uh, where are they donating to from the Texas shows? They're donating to something important. I don't know if they announced it yet, but yeah. Um, but yeah, TJ is the man, and he got us tickets to the DC show. But there are totally shows that have $300 fucking tickets available and shit like that. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that, but I'm okay with spending 150 on it. I. You want to hear a hot take? Is it going to be a hot take, or is it just your take and you got to decide if it's hot? It's probably just my take, and it's going to be lukewarm. My take now is still my take from when I was a child, which is Rage Against the Machine is rap, and rap is bad. Oh, buddy. Yeah, that's a bad take. That's a bad take. No, I've, I like, um, maybe so cut Re-Ignition, that. Reignition was rap. <laughs> Reignition wasn't rap. <laughs> okay, listen to some of Matt Apple. So I've, a, I've evolved a little bit over the years. I'd like... I enjoy some rap now. I still do not really enjoy Rage Against the Machine that much. I enjoy Tom Morello's guitar playing, but that's the best part. Well, what about Inside Out? Do you like Inside Out? I've never listened to Inside Out. I don't know. Oh, now I feel good because usually you guys are talking about things that I don't know about. And now we're talking about things that you don't know about. Yeah. I know I know that Zach is is was in Inside Out, but I've never listened to them. So was uh, Vic, uh, Vic from 108. Wow, okay. I didn't know that. You got to listen to Inside Out before we go any further, honestly. Okay, we're going to pause the podcast. Justin's going to go listen to Inside <laughs> Out, and we'll be back. You have, well, Spotify, that put... on your, yeah. you have Spotify on your computer? Uh, no. But okay. we'll... Um, Hold on. But will we'll Inside Out put Rage Against the Machine into context for me? A little bit. I, appreci- I appreciate the spirit of the thing. I I can appreciate it. I'm just not going to ever put it on. Can you hear this? Yeah. I, yeah, I like this much better. Okay, take back what you said. All right. (laughs) Sure. I take back what I said. (laughs) But uh, about those raid shows, I think I saw today that they raised something like $3 million for charity already. Oh, see, that's that's awesome. That's sick, yeah. Even if I don't care for the band, I applaud that effort. So you didn't even like, like... 
the singles or anything, huh? I wouldn't like turn it off if it was on 157 the X. Yeah. But I never owned a record. Okay, fair enough. You don't have yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Rage doesn't have to be for you, but it's gonna be for me and Steve and we're gonna mosh from the four hundreds up at uh Capital One Center. <laughs> that's you know, that's me. It's going to be bleeding and my head's going to be banging. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Becoming a mu- uh, an adult in music for me has been coming to terms with just because I don't like something doesn't mean it sucks. Except for rap, apparently. Yeah. No, I'm fine with rap. There you go. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll allow it. Uh, no, I, I agree. I and I actually am very excited to – I know you're hesitant, TJ, to sit in a seat. Yeah, not a fan, but I'm but happy to be in the room, I guess. I love sitting. All right. I I loved being in a seat for Slayer, which is something that I shouldn't say out loud. But I wasn't going to, like, mosh or bang my head because I was in the stands, so I would rather sit and eat fries. Right. Can you imagine, though, like if you went to whatever hardcore show, like uh, any DIY punk or hardcore show and between bands, you could just sit down in a chair. Can we try it out sometime? I have I to felt, know where. Yeah. I have like, to know where we can put on shows chairs. so we could yeah. try that sometime. Just bring folding chairs and everyone can sit down between bands. And I guarantee you people will last longer at shows and they will spend more money on merch. That's a hot take. One year at a Young Blood Fest at Champ, I fell asleep on that dirty couch. I don't remember what band was playing, but you know we fucked on that couch. Not me. Mm. Yeah, me neither. I never fucked on that couch. I don't think I had fucked in my lifetime when I still went to Champ. Because <laughs> your life was like fifteen years old. <laughs> yeah. But I know people got fucked on that couch a lot. Shout out to Nevermind, won't say it. <laughs> Shout out to Redacted. <laughs> I should just put like a <laughs> We got we got one more music related thing we talked about talking about. What's that? Hit me. With the, the band names that you guys were coming up with. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you, so what, you weren't you weren't on that trip, Stephen? What did you come up with? Well, no, but time out. What was the premise? Because you guys were telling me about the premise on that. Uh, Justin, you were telling me about the premise on that trip. We what were was the premise about before you guys left for sure? We were. Texting yeah, absolutely. I don't. What was the initial jump off? What was it going to be for? Well, we well, no, we were starting that band with. Uh, it was right after the hot water shows, and we thought we were inspired people. Oh. I, Caesar, Caesar was my like the one I really wanted. Right. No, but we were gonna start like TJ. I feel like we were gonna start a crust band and not dress like crusties, and we were gonna call it denim diaper. No, what happened was we were outside for a show in July, and it was really hot out. And you saw this girl, and she was wearing those really short shorts like they do. And uh, you laughed, and you said it looked more like a denim diaper. And I said, <laughs> oh. That would be a great band name, Denim Diaper. And then How, uh, Rat Stump. Rat Stump. We were talking about cross punks and what would happen if you cut off their rat tail. And then we said, oh, they just have a rat stump. And then I said, oh, that would be a great band name. So we came up with Rat Stump and Denim Diaper. <laughs> oh, what are you? What are you giggling about, Steve? 
I'm just giggling at your ideas. They're really great. You guys are one of a kind. I'm so glad to have you in my life and on a podcast with me at the moment. We're two of a kind. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, denim diaper and rat sump. I'm not sure. Well, rat sump, I believe I said this at the time when you, one of you two said, really sounds like a punk band from Hanover in the mid 2000s. Absolutely. 100%. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like it would be a show that's like uh, Eden Park, Submarine Screen Door, and Rat Stump. Midway Fire Hall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Brain Neurotic Presents. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was a Rat Poison. Rat Poison was a band at that time. I don't think I saw them. I know I saw them because they played Club 19 once. When a... Uh... Do you remember? Does, is that a strictly York thing? Does anyone else remember the Club Nineteen debacle? I remember we went there to Flyer one time and we got kicked out. Yeah, it was like a very metalcore type club, and I think they pushed pay to play a bit. Mm-hmm. I think Generation of Shit played there with Rat Poison, and it was like a punk show. It was out of the norm, and we didn't like sell any tickets. It was I don't know how it happened. There was a good show there though. It was uh, Steel Nation, Big Ups played. Um, Alarmed. Remember that band? No. TJ? I remember the name a little bit, but I don't remember them. I think this or the Apocalypse. <laughs> but yeah, regardless, this has no one Un- cares about this. Until, until I started playing with around with you guys, the only place that Submarine Screen Door ever played in York was... Um, Andy's was Basement. A co- no, well, we did that. Yeah, you're right. Never mind. But was it called The Loft? Above, yeah. like, the hardware bar or whatever. It was, like, a tiki bar. Yeah, it was out there. I think LBJ booked it, and a band that was on AF Records was supposed to play, and they never came. Did Bet Noir play? Yeah, I think so. I think it was us, Bet Noir, and it was supposed to be the vacancy, and they never showed up. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, I got a, I got a York show. I was talking with Mitch Terry today. I got my ears lowered, and... Uh, we were talking about your mom, Steve, and how cool she is for going to punk shows and um, being into punk and stuff. And we were talking about how every time you booked a show, she'd show up. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, even to the Trapped Under Ice Pooling Teeth show that we had <laughs> in, in a suburban basement in New York, Pennsylvania. She yeah. was there. And I did she get moshed into a merch table? Somebody got moshed into a merch table. She got hit by Scotto. Uh huh. Uh huh. For anyone listening, I don't. I think Scott is like really skinny now, but Scott was probably like fucking three hundred and fifty pounds, and he moshed into my mom in this basement. And I remember Dom from Pulling Teeth stopping their set and like yelling at Scott for it. <laughs> <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, that was one of the best shows. Yeah. Was that Reignition's first show? Was that it? Yeah, that was. Re- it was Trumped Under Ice, Pulling Teeth, Reignition, and Grey Ghost. There you go. Was, that was your first show? Yeah. Trapped, trapped Under Ice and <laughs> Pulling Teeth. And Grey Ghost. And, I mean, the benefits of booking, being one of the only people to book hardcore shows in a town called York, Pennsylvania. Like, That's even true. Reservoir benefited from it. Our first show was with Outbreak, and our second show was supposed to be with Hostage Calm. Yeah, that's true. 
but yeah, no, that was one of my favorite. That was one of the best reunion shows. <laughs> but I mean, most bands, their first show is like, if there's enough hype for your band, there's, they're usually one of the better shows. There's excitement for a new band. Right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> hey, I got an, I got a topic, guys. Hit me. Um, if you tell me to hit you one more time, <laughs> and this isn't my topic, it's just, it's a hot topic. It's a hot button topic. Uh, cut that. Good lord. <laughs> Every time you say cut that, I keep it in. I know. <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to come off looking real bad. Well, speaking it... about that, I, I was listening to the podcast the other day, and I enjoyed you singing Billie Eilish. And I knew what you were talking about before you even sang it. Oh, so what does that say about That's... me? That I auto-tuned his vocals when he did that. You can't tell, I don't think. Oh, I totally auto-tuned your vocals when you sang that. <laughs> It took me like an hour to figure out how to do it. <laughs> no I'm well spent. Tell. Whatever. Um, she won a Grammy. Shout out to Billy. Nice work, Billy. You're the second greatest Billy in rock music. Ender's eating dirt, and Steve's trying to figure out how to auto tune Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the other day, we, I, I don't even know what we were doing. We were down here in the basement. Um, Brittany salons down here. My wife, Brittany, has a salon in our basement. And we turned around, and Ellie had her like, Japanese shears in her mouth wide open with her tongue in the middle ready to cut her tongue like right in half and oh no producing no and luckily we saved Ellie from having a split tongue which I think is a fad and maybe because yeah. people do that on purpose people pay good money for that right your daughter was gonna do it for free yeah I don't know if they use like Japanese shears for that but they weren't like sanitized it was, you know, she's two, by the yeah, way. It wouldn't have been good. <laughs> um, but no, um, what I want to discuss is a very hot button topic. Um, is it or is it not acceptable to recline your seat on an airplane? I saw. I looked this up when you told me about it. You did look it up? Yeah, I think it is acceptable, yes. Why? Because they're... I don't, because they're built that way. They're built that way. They have a button to recline. I usually don't, though. And realistically, it doesn't recline that much. No. So, but even if it doesn't recline that much, you're still impeding on someone else's space. Do you think you need to ask permission from the person behind you? To I don't know. See? I don't know if I have to, but I think that I would. So there's a video of a guy who's in the very last seat on the airplane, which cannot recline. Yeah. Right. Because it's up against a wall and the person in front of him reclining her seat. So this guy doesn't have any space. So he's just punching the back of her seat over and over again. <laughs> Seems a little dramatic. Yeah. Like when you look, he literally has no space and he's just like her head's like bopping back and forth or whatever. <laughs> so like in that situation, who's in the wrong? The guy who's smashing her seat from the back or the woman who decided to recline her seat into the guy who obviously has no way to like alleviate the space issue. Well, I want, I want some context. I want to know if the guy asked her to please not recline before he started punching or just started punching out of the blue. <laughs> I, I don't know if that contest context exists. I don't know if it does either. Yeah. So you, you both think it's totally cool to recline your seats on an airplane. 
Yeah, I'm fine with it. If, I think uh, in that in that situation, I would ask the person behind me, like, "Hey, is this cool?" Right. If it was the last person on the plane, that's a very special situation. For if sure. somebody's in front of me is reclining, I just hope that they're gentle when they're doing it. In case I have drink or entertainment device on the tray, I don't need it flying into my lap or something. Right. So I'm mostly playing devil's advocate because I also agree that it's totally okay to recline your seat because they made the fucking feature available. So obviously it's fucking okay. Oh, yeah. I got I got something kind of related to this. It's sort of a first world problem, but when I was flying to Japan, I plugged my headphones into the jack right at the start of the flight to watch a movie or something. And this lady, she she was obese. She was taking her kid to the bathroom or something, and she walked a- across the front of me to go to the bathroom. And she had a fat ass. It was big. And uh, it broke my headphone jack off into the into the seat, and I didn't have headphones for the rest of the ten hour flight. Yeah. <laughs> that happened. I don't know. That was my story. Hey, speaking about flying, let's talk about space. Did you guys? Uh... That was a really good segue, but no one reacted to it. Did um? You didn't know what you were going to talk about. Say, hey, good segue, bud. Yeah. High five. Did <laughs> you guys see that a uh, a powerful radio signal has appeared in space? Oh, I did see that, but I didn't read the story. Tell me more. It repeats on a cycle. I didn't really read the story either because I figured that the less we knew about it, the more fun we'd have with it. So uh, we're just going to sit here and speculate for five minutes about what this could be? And speculate about what it could be, and I have a couple follow-up questions. So if you guys want to speculate first about what you think the deep space radio signal could be. I mean, aliens is the top of the list, right? Yeah, definitely. Well, or obviously something. anything is an alien that isn't from our planet, so yeah. Yeah, but what are they – what are they sending? Do you think it's purposeful or do you think we're picking up snatches of like their version of 1570X? <laughs> oh, it'd be funny if it was the X. What if they're <laughs> just trying to, what if they're just put, trying to put out the good vibrations like we are trying to, hey, don't kill us. We're over here. I'm, yeah, I'm just curious as to like if they're, is another like well i think there is but i don't know for sure but if there is another like alien life form do they get pleasure from listening to music and if they do what do you think their music would closest approximate in earth music i will tell you right now you you know how we figured out that we can uh listen to music. music Yeah. Okay. We don't know. We don't know how that sounds though. That could sound terrible. Terrible. I don't care. So, uh, so do you you think that's what alien music sounds like? <laughs> now, now, when you say alien music, are you thinking that's coming? Oh no! Now that we know what you think alien music sounds like, I want to know what type of alien you think is making that. Like, are you picturing like the little gray guy aliens from the the X Files? Are you picturing like xenomorphs from Alien? Or like, what style alien do you think is making the that? green guitar pick shaped head alien? 
similar to that. I think you just have to Google the Gummy Bear song to see what I'm thinking of. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was going I was going to go with the Cantina from Star Wars, but Gummy Bear oh. song is so much better. So hold on, let me throw this out there. You know how much effort either you and me, TJ, or you and I, Justin, have put into songs we've written, whether it was Reignition or Reservoir. I want you to let this sink in for a second. That song, the Gummy Bear song, has <laughs> almost 17 million plays on Spotify. Holy cow. <laughs> and I'm sure YouTube has even more than that. Think about all of the time and effort we've put into our bands. Mm-hmm. And the Gummy Bear song has 17 Don't million. even have a fraction of that. No. It has 146,000 monthly listeners. Good Lord. Nothing we've ever done has even gotten close to that in our lifetime. So if you guys had to pick a song or an audio program to best represent the culture of Earth to send out, as these aliens clearly have, as a beacon to a new civilization, what are you sending out? Don't say Gummy Bear song. You used it already. What's the question again? Say it again. So if you were these aliens instead, flip the script, right? Right. And you have to pick something. We found life, and you've got to transmit something to them to best represent the culture of Earth. What are you sending out to to the aliens? Mambo number five. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Steve went with the joke answer. I'm going to go with the serious answer. Our frame of reference is American-styled music, right? So yeah. I don't even know if we can give an, an accurate answer for what, what style of music for the whole earth. I'm going to say Dollar Mindy. What's you guys Dollar know, Mindy? You guys know. From oh, was Fest. From, the, from Fest? Yeah. Yeah. Either Dollar Mindy or Chacaron Macaron. Chacro macaron. There you go. Chacaron. Play that. Play that, Steve. Speaking of chacaron macaron, uh, that person who wrote chacaron macaron, um, fuck, what's their name? Has a song that my children listen to. Like, El Chombo sings it. That's who it is. And uh, they know the dance to his other song. That's awesome. Um, El Chombo. Was Ender? Did you have Ender before we went to Fest or no? Ender was after Fest. Ender was after Fest. Yeah. Um, Man, that's cool. So this, I don't know. If, what, what am I playing? Chacaron. Play Chacaron. Oh yeah, oh yo, macaron. That's my answer. That's what I changed my answer to. So this one that Ender and Ellie like. And it's that for like four minutes, and they know the dance moves and everything. Oh man, this is that same drum beat. 
Yeah, it's pretty similar. I think it's called reggaeton. Oh, man. All right, so what you got, Justin? Justin? Yeah, what, what, what do you think we would send What would I send? We've got Mambo number five. We've got Shark. I don't know, because those are, those are joke answers. And if I search my soul and I want something okay, from... Okay, it's a joke answer. Our, because you're an American and you can only see the world through an American's eyes? Because no. TJ a very cultural song. Bury the yeah, past I guess he and did. rob us blind. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really no, but, machine reference there, Justin. Oh, yeah. But I uh, I view the my musical experience through an American lens for the most part. So I would probably send something Bruce Springsteen related. Although picking a song would take a long time. God, I thought you were going to say Glycerine by Bush. <laughs> <laughs> what about what about our time together has suggested that I would say Glycerine by Bush? I just, you know, never mind. No, I'd send, I'd send Here's to the Night by uh, Eve Six. <laughs> As it flies flies through the night sky. What? So, yeah, what do you, never mind. It's interesting that you would choose to pick like a modern rock song versus anything else that came out in all of the history of music. Like the Big Bopper. Or like, yeah, the ragtime music. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Or like a silent film soundtrack. <laughs> or sound, I feel like Sound of Music, people would think like Sound of Music might be. You're going to argue for Sound of Music right now? I was always a West Side Story kind of guy. Officer Crow, send that one to space. I'm just saying as a, like, if we're thinking what we would, if we're not thinking modern times, Sound of Music was a very representative movie and soundtrack of American lifestyle at the time that it came out. West Side Story as well, I'll give that to you. So... I'm realizing Therae did this. Ooh. Hold on, let me find the article. I remembered it because I watched that show Drunk History, and it was on there. I think Carl Sagan did it. Are you talking about the gold record they sent into space? I, I am talking about the gold record, which is a yeah. little bit presumptuous, assuming that any other like civilization would have figured out the exact same way of playing music that we did. Yeah, imagine yeah. getting like a... A weirdly colored thing from outer space and the first thing you would do with it would not be try and put it on a record player <laughs> and it it's designed to be played at 16 and two-thirds revolutions per minute no one is playing that ever it's just amazing to think how short-sighted like everything like planetary culture i don't know american culture what do you how do you represent that as a planet Earth culture can be to think that an alien life form knows exactly what to do with the fucking record you send into space. <laughs> okay, so um, Was the content. Is full of me? No, oh, I don't. Think you're so. spot on. That's a hot take, Steve. Yeah. The, yeah. I've I've got the NASA website for this. The contents of the record were selected by NASA by a committee chaired by Carl Sagan. Uh, Dr. Sagan and his associates assembled 115 images and a variety of natural sounds, such as those made by surf, wind, and thunder, birds, whales, and other animals. All to this played it, at 16 revolutions, right? 16 yeah. and a half. So if you don't play it exactly right on, what the fuck? You're still not going to know what it is. 
To this, they added musical selections from different cultures and eras and spoken greetings from Earth people in 55 languages and printed messages from President Carter and the UN secretary. Huh. I would love if this deep space radio signal coming back is the response to this golden record because that means Jimmy Carter would still be alive to like get his text back from the aliens. Wait, you don't want him to be alive, do you? He's he's on your list. He could be alive to get this back. It's gotta happen. They gotta figure it out soon, then. Yeah, he's gotta die by December. I'd love for him to have basically sent the version of like a "Hey, you up?" text to outer space on a golden disc and <laughs> and get it and get a text back um, all these years later. <laughs> You know what's gonna happen, right? No, what's gonna happen? He's gonna fucking die, and someone's gonna ring his rotary phone, and it's like fucking next of kin is gonna answer, and they're gonna be like bleep bloop biggie boop, and then it's gonna be like he didn't get the satisfaction of you know this whole thing. Sorry, you <laughs> really sad. <laughs> Jimmy Carter, ghosted by aliens. <laughs> He goes to the aliens. He fucking croaks. <laughs> wow. What podcast like harsh is on Jimmy Carter as much as this one? That <laughs> should be number fucking one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you think we can get him on for an interview so he can give his side of the story? Fuck if he's alive by the time we've got to do it in the next answer. 11 months. Yeah. <laughs> He's got, finish, he's got to finish hammering in that nail by fucking fall for us to get him on here. <laughs> How many episodes do you think we have to do before a, a president asks to be on? How many did Mark Marin do? <laughs> like a thousand. <laughs> All right, there you go. We've got time. You got you to gotta interview a thousand scene kids before you get fucking <laughs> President Ivanka Trump. I could think of a thousand people I'd want to interview on here probably. If I, I think we... We could get there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but don't like count on it, I guess. Just yeah. <laughs> what else? Yeah, butts, butts. Oh, I only had one other thing. It's kind of related that uh, NASA has begun hiring new astronauts, which is something it hasn't done in a while. That's because cool. they, they put the the lid on the space program a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. When they retired the shuttle. Yeah. So TJ, are you signing up? Oh, yeah, totally. The context, I don't know if I qualify at all. All the context that I have for astronaut training is like cartoons and movies. Like uh, Armageddon, I think there's like a montage of training. Hmm. So we don't know the qualifications? Looking it up right now. Okay. Astronaut requirements. <laughs> astronaut, that's a good band name, actually. Astronaut requirements, yeah. For like a post-rock band? Yeah. Oh, what was my really good pop-punk band name? What are you guys going to do? Cover drops at Jupiter? Astronaut requirements. Rookie, rookie mistake. <laughs> Hashtag be an astronaut is the thing. Um, to be considered for an astronaut position, U.S. citizens must meet the following qualifications. A bachelor's degree in engineering, biological science, physical science, computer science, or mathematics. I'm out. Yep. Yeah. At... At least three years of related professional experience obtained after degree completion or at least 1,000 hours piloting command time on jet aircraft. Well, that one I got. 
the ability to pass the NASA long duration astronaut physical distant and near visual acuity must be correctable to 2020 for each eye. The use of glasses is acceptable. All right. I can do that. I can wear my glasses. I just don't have the degree. I guess I can I go for it. I don't know if they're going to let you take your hat into space. Oh, son of a bitch. I think you're going to have to decontaminate that thing, and I don't know if that's possible. Dude, I'm picturing, like, an 80s movie scenario where something dries up and they need to, like, oil an O-ring, and I just wring out the grease of my hat, and I save the day. <laughs> Isn't an O-ring like a... Nope. Okay. No. <laughs> Whatever you were going to say is a big no. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Regretfully, I am not on this interview, but let's go to Steven and Jack Terrycloth on Two Beats Off. All right. We're here uh, in beautiful Baltimore, Maryland with... Jack from the World Inferno Friendship Society. I am. Also from Sticks and Stones. I was. And grew up in Bridgewater, New Jersey, correct? I did. Tell me about that. Well, I actually grew up in uh, New Brunswick, New Jersey, but uh, we moved to Bridgewater uh, High School age. Um, it was terrifying. Um, <laughs> it actually was. Um, punk rockers were not popular, and we gotten there were so many fights that... There was n never a time that one of us was not suspended for fighting. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was rough. You still got uh, that in you? you still... <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's something I'm good at, but I try not to um, uh, uh, do anymore. I got slapped at the skate park once, that's all. That's all I got. Oh, man. <laughs> fucking long hairs hated the punk rockers so much. And yeah. It's like... Uh, yes, yeah, so I got good fighting. And once again, fighting is stupid. I do, do not encourage it. So don't go out and beat up long hairs. <laughs> go out and beat up long hairs. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, for a town called Bridgewater, it was surprisingly violent. Right. So when you were in Bridgewater, you went. Did you go to high school there? Yes. So okay. High school east. There was also a west, and of course, it was like a. What's that movie? The. Uh, um, let's all pretend I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, well, it was, I remember uh, that one, yeah. Um, God damn it. When you're a jet, you're a jet on oh, a oh, The well, musical one. Yes. West Side Story. West Side Story. Yeah. It was very West Side Story. There was uh, uh, East Brunswick and, and, West, right. and West Brunswick. And, you know, okay. Uh, West was the uh, uh, less affluent. I came from East because I am <laughs> terrorist. Um... Um, but we, uh, Sticks and Stones were, a, were a, a split group, so we always caused contention among the scene. So you have one of those, like, like I went to West York, I grew up in New York, <clears throat> so like West York would do this, and they'd say West Side, did you? Oh, yeah. And then they did, did we the, actually do the thing? The East Side. We did. <laughs> we, we, did we did do the thing, but I'm just going to yammer if you don't mind. No, you're good. When I, I worked at uh, the Metropolitan Mu Museum of Art for a very, very long time, and we had a rivalry with uh, the modern. 
And so we would actually go and we'd flash gang symbols so as we <laughs> monitor like awesome. M M A. <laughs> so that's where it all started. Yeah. <laughs> so you met the guys in Sticks and Stones in high school. How did like did you have class together or extracurricular? Oh, even before or, high school, uh, we were like uh, Dungeon and Dragons nerds. Okay, at yeah, age yeah. eleven. This seems to be consistent, actually, so far. <laughs> uh, the first person we interviewed met his wife while he was doing a... Well, he was organizing his Magic the Gathering cards. Um, that's how I, I met his wife. I only vaguely remember what that is. Yeah, okay. that's a, they kind of tied together, didn't they? I, I think their Magic was a card game. Was, uh, that was, yeah, it was a board game, yeah. wasn't it? Uh, no, it had a lot of dice. It was dice. dice. It was a die. Oh, man. I was talking about. That shows how much I know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, well, let's go back, because this is actually important for the podcast. Do you remember what your very first, whether it was cassette, CD, record, probably cassette or record was? Very first. Very first. Goodness gracious. Or first one you can remember. This will play into it. In about a month. (laughs) It was a mail order record uh, from Happy Days with Fonzie's face on the front. So That's it a, perfect, a, oh my god. It was god. A, fi- a 50s record. Yeah. Um, a 50s compilation record. Okay. And it came in the mail and I could not have been happier. That's and perfect. And <laughs> you know, I'm an Italian American myself. Yeah. And it was a, a strong role model. All right. So, when you you knew guys in Sticks and Stones for a while, how'd you guys decide to start a band? You played you play guitar? Right? I, I did. Okay. Yep, there it is. <laughs> Actually, wasn't I wasn't the original uh, singer? I I played guitar, and it was me and Mr. Hollingsworth, who was a original member of World Inferno as well, and uh, drummer John Gilch, who sadly has passed away. And we got this older, older, very, very scary skinhead guy to sing for us because. Uh, well, he was older and could get us gigs and bars. Right. And we'd all have to wait outside <coughs> until we had to go on. Yeah. Uh, and, um, uh, yeah, they were sick. I'm glad to say this. Six and Souls was a very good band. <laughs> yeah, you can I, say that. I, I, I really dug them, and I'm still friends with all of them who are okay. alive. And but the ones who are dead, I like to think I'm still also friends with. Probably, yeah, right, right. <laughs> so, you guys, I the Bouncing Souls were one of my favorite bands growing up, and I bought it. <laughs> I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> right. Well, I bought, I bought a DVD, and they talked about. Sticks and Stones in it for like a half hour. And I was like, who's Sticks and Stones? I didn't know who Sticks and Stones was. And then when I was looking, like, I was trying to do research for this, I was like, holy shit, he was <laughs> Sticks and Stones. That's the band. <laughs> How, what was that correlation? How did you guys meet them? Um, well, shows? Uh, but, no, not shows. We all lived, they came from Baskin Ridge, which is a, a very affluent neighborhood. Yeah. Um, I came from New Brunswick, which is not. It's not poor, but not as affluent. And then they, we were already, a, um, whatever, the lo- the popular local punk band. And then all these Basking Ridge kids uh, moved like across the street. And uh, you, you know they were a funk band when they started? Yeah, yeah. <coughs> and uh, so we hated their guts, pretty much. <laughs> like, what? So a bunch of rich kids from Basking Ridge moved in across the street and they <laughs> sound like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, we eventually became friends, and uh, Chris Canelo's sister dated, and I think married uh, Pete Steinkoff, who's okay. a guitar guitar player. So we were we were always together, and, right? 
And even though they were a, a terrible, terrible band, uh, you know, when you're, when you're punk rocker and you're getting fights with you know, normal people, you, you gotta stick together. Right. And they're not as bad as they used to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I actually like them. That the whole funk thing was. Oof, I, I know they're embarrassed about it as well. And yeah, that, when, they figured it out pretty quick. It when, wasn't working. When they asked me, I never read the book. But they asked me to do a chapter in their um, uh, Bouncing Souls biography, and I was like, "Are you sure you want me to write this? Because I am going to write a bunch of white kids from Baskin Ridge." <laughs> Who decided to play funk music and, and Steinkopf was like, well, the shoe fits. <laughs> so, did you guys, you guys play like, well, they did the house shows. Did you guys play a lot of New Brunswick basement shows around that Oh, time? yeah, that, that was the only place to play. I mean, sometimes we played on campus, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rutgers University is a uh, place called Scott Hall. Uh, but yeah, it was all basement shows or definitely no bars because there were two young yeah, yeah. bars. There was the Court Tavern there, which I've only been in once. Uh, it was vaguely famous for having... What was that band? Uh, the Smithereens used to do a... Uh, yeah, they were a uh, A residency there, but um, whatever. I was I was 17, so... Right. So, yeah, it was all basement shows and, uh, and college shows. So I, I used to play in a hardcore band, and we played a New Brunswick basement show. And this was maybe like 10 years ago. And there was a guy... And he was running around naked, and afterwards he handed me a zine and introduced himself to me, and his name was Pedro. Oh, Pedro Serrano? Yeah, and I what know. I found is that everyone knows Pedro. Yeah. How, tell me about Pedro, what was he like? <laughs> Gay, communist, skinhead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. I love that guy. Yeah, he was one, like, he just came up to me. He's like, hey, I'm Pedro. Here's my zine. I'm like, you look like the guy who was in a Bouncing Souls music video. Uh, yes, he was an elder statesman in the uh, New Brunswick scene. Yeah. Gay, communist, skinhead. There it is. <laughs> nice work, Pedro, if you ever listen. Yeah. And also, <laughs> also Spanish. Yes, uh, he was in a... I, I love that guy. He was a, a very, a very big influence on the whole scene. Yeah, and also making it not. Uh, some people don't like homosexuals, but uh, probably at that uh, time, especially. Um, yeah. Yes, but you, a giant man that would beat you up if you didn't like him. I was like, yeah, I'm fucking gay. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you got also, it. Also, comments. <laughs> <laughs> so, what? When did sticks and stones kind of fizzle out? How did that? Uh... Oh, fizzle out. Um, um, just one horrific tour of Europe where we were very popular in Germany for some reason, but then uh, the next Lego tour was uh, France, and fr the entire France tour got canceled for some reason, and we also went home and went, we, we've had enough. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah no, not, not that interesting story. There's no drama yeah, or just... anything, and we're, we're all still uh, very great friends. Okay. Uh, telemarketer. <laughs> um, so you moved to Brooklyn after that, right? Um, I think I was already living in Brooklyn by the time Six of Souls broke up, and I dragged all of them with me, including the Bouncing Souls. So I was kind of annoyed that they had followed me to Brooklyn. <laughs> and I was like, can I just have something? <laughs> um, hey, that uh, means yeah, a lot I mean, for you, though. You're a, a trailblazer. I agree with you. Yeah, you're a trailblazer. <laughs> uh, yeah, the entire New Brunswick scene um, uh, 
moved to New York um, after I moved there. So w- at what point did you uh, come up with the idea for World Inferno then? Well, um, Stick and Stones had, had broken up, um, but I still wanted to play music. And uh, um, my best friend, Scott Hollingsworth, the, the co-founder of uh, World Inferno, is a, is, is a record engineer. Uh, so we had free studio time, so we would just go to Quad Studios up on 42nd Street and go nuts. Like yeah. They had every instrument there, like drum machines, organs, and... Um, we would just have fun, and anyone who was was there would uh, play along, and we started putting records out. We put records out way before we ever started playing live as a band. Really? Yeah, we were just talking about it today, weren't we? Yeah. I think we put out, we actually put out four singles and an LP before we ever played a show. Okay. So it was the, what was the true story of uh, Bridgewater Ashford? That, that was your first LP? Uh, yes. And you didn't play until after that. What, what was the... So we were listening to you guys on the way here again to try and like, I my first thought was, what was the reaction of the sound engineer when you guys went to record the first record? And you're like, you gotta record all of this. Well, well it was us. So you guys recorded it yourself. Yes, that was we, we good for that. Uh, it was very nice. Is Quad still there? It, it's a place where uh, Tupac was shot, not uh, not killed, but shot. Right. And I was actually there when he got shot. Were you? Yes, I was. I, I wasn't in the room, but there was bang bang, and then everyone ran in. Yeah, did you scared, meet him? Scared, scared, well, yeah, of course. What was he like? He was cool, shit. Cool guy. I mean, you know who his mom is, right? Huh? Look it up. Who Tupac's <laughs> mom is? Yeah, she's like a black panther. Oh shit! Who is Tupac's mom? Maybe I could get her on here. <laughs> yeah, let's call her. Doubt she's still alive. Uh, uh, but yeah, his his mom's was like. Hardcore Black Panther, uh, <coughs> women's lib uh, Black Power. Thing. Right, so, right. That's pretty wild. Yeah. So, who put out that first record then? Was it Friends or? Like, uh, yeah, it was uh, Charles from uh, Rorschach. Okay. Who were a popular band in, yeah. uh, in, in New York. Um, uh, Gern Glanston. Um, yeah, just all friends. Right. It, re- it really is a scene. Yeah. Not so much anymore. Uh, no, actually, we're still friends with all the same people. I mean, you know Charles. Yeah, I mean, like, probably, well, you guys grew up together, but yeah. it feels like it's not as big of a community as it used to be. Mostly, I think, because the internet sort of allows you to connect with people without even having to leave your house. And, uh, that's a good point. Uh, I'm not big on the internet at all. Yeah. I mean, I know how to use it if I have to. Right. But, um, I don't blog, I don't yeah. even check my email. In so, why <laughs> I emailed someone else that? <laughs> <laughs> so, when you guys played your first show, what was the reception like? Our first show was just two of us. Uh, it was a, a piano bar. It's called Ciel Rouge. Okay. Anybody else want to translate that? Redska. Uh, Redska. She is so smart. <laughs> um, it was great. It was just a, a acoustic piano and uh, and and me and I don't think. I think I had a microphone. I, I did play a clarinet, so it was a okay. piano, voice, and clarinet. It was a, a wonderful, wonderful show. God, somebody famous was there. I think Laurie Anderson was there, but just completely by accident. She right, just right. happened to walk in. Yeah. And I love Laurie Anderson, so I was, I was starstruck. Yeah. I mean, 
And somebody else told me Greer was there, like Alec Baldwin was there. It was just, <laughs> it was, it was, <laughs> but for no, they weren't there to see us. Right, so right. It was just like a fancy club with a, it was a piano bar. So yeah, yeah. Was, um, when did you guys play with like more members? Well, we recorded the record, um, and the the band formed while we were recording it. Just people would come in. We had a, we had our own studio, which was a uh, uh, Keep Street, which we called it. Uh, it was a uh, garage, like a, a giant truck garage. So it was very very uh, slim, like about the size of this room, but went back like forty feet. Right. Um. Uh. Yeah. We just cool. Dragged it out. It was. It was very very cool. So when um you put Red Eyed Soul out next, that's a four year gap. What were you guys kind of? Were you torn between that or? Uh. Yeah. The world is a very very big place. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm always shocked when the when I, we get back to New York and they like, oh you guys still around? I was like, we played in Spain yesterday. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, yes, we're still around. Well, I think the last time I saw you guys was here, and it was a really long time ago. I was super young, and my sister took me. She was the one who, like, kind of credit to you, Kaylee, I guess. I don't like doing it, but <laughs> she'll listen to this. She was excited <laughs> about it. Yeah, she was like, you want to come to the show with me? I was like, okay, whatever. And then I was like, this is cool. This is yeah, one of the most unique things I've seen in a really long time. I mean, we really do play at least every week at home, and we're on tour like what six months a year. Well, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Just because we're not your neighborhood doesn't mean we're not around. Are you guys still in Brooklyn now? Uh, I live in Brooklyn. She lives in Queens. Okay. Uh, we're uh, a couple of guys uh, moved to Philly, which is fine. Philly's. Uh. Apparently, much less expensive than Brooklyn. But yeah. I've lived in the same place for 16 years, so my, my rent's very cheap. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, when uh, when did you guys get Chunks out to start putting out your records? Obviously, that was a mutual friend as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, I grew up with those guys. Um, uh, Kate Hilt, whose importance in the New Jersey scene cannot be overstated. Yeah. She's also one of the only people who emails me back every time I ask her a stupid question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she's a... A remarkable person. Yeah. And also, uh, I was friends, uh, I am friends with her brother, John Hiltz, who was in the, the hardcore band Born Against. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You got you, you yeah, yeah. them? They were one of my favorite bands. Did you like them? I love them. Yeah. yeah. I haven't listened to them forever. Oh, uh, yeah, me neither. Yeah. But, but every time I do, I'm happy. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a real tight scene in, right. in Jersey. So, um, how did the reception to this packed funeral go over? Was that kind of did you get, when did you like start to notice you were like getting some traction and shows start getting bigger? I didn't. No, um, ever. I, I always <laughs> thought I was very very popular and everyone loved me. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, actually, I mean, in the tri-state area, like there's always four people right. there. I guess when, yeah. when we start going. Out, outside there okay I, I, I didn't ever notice and we've always been very popular there we go <laughs> <laughs> like at first popular we, guy <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the first place which is weird for some reason we are fantastically uh, popular in Germany and I don't yeah. know if it's because I can speak the language or uh, we do the Kurt Weill thing and right. they just respond to the umpapa umpapa thing how many languages do you speak? Well, <laughs> sure, yeah. One. <laughs> uh, I think about four. But, okay. Um, 
Only to to order food and and find out where the bathroom is. I've got like one sentence in German. I took three years of it. Was ist das? Yeah, I know that's one of them. (laughs) Probably, what is that? (laughs) Uh, Yes, exactly. Okay, I still got it. Okay, French, where can you go to the Dubadese? I you know Fairmail at Bouche. Yeah. <laughs> I know that one. My mom told me that one. Can you show your mouth, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Why my mom? It, it, can also, it can also mean kiss me. Really? Yeah. No. Uh, it's, it's, it's slang. You know uh, about shut your mouth. W- weren't you in a French band? Yes, yeah, so I was in a fake French band. A fake French band? Yeah. They sang culottes. Okay. And it, it, all the songs are in French, and no one actually speaks French. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and we actually, I would, that's also a band that's been around for a million years and has had a million different uh, people. But I was lucky enough to be the, in the one lineup that made it to, to France, and we did a tour in France. And weirdly, they really liked us. That's yeah. awesome. But they would talk to our lead singer all the time. Like, ah, and he was like, <laughs> <laughs> and they would be like, oh. yeah. <laughs> nobody else would yeah. say that. I knew how to, I know how to say. Would you like to explain what uh, the name of the band means? It's not about that, but yeah, but I know it's a big But yes, the Les Angolas is um, without pants. <laughs> oh, without pants. Hello, a- we are without pants. <laughs> but it was also a, a French uh, revolutionary movement, uh, which is like the culotte wore a thing that the rich wore, and okay. so the movement, like, we don't wear the culotte. Like, right. They wore, you know, worker pants. So gotcha. Like, yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. cool. That's my understanding of it. Yeah. So speaking of having a lot of members, how, how do you manage that? How do you find the people to tour? How do you find the people to record at this point? There's so many. <laughs> um, they're all friends. How and do you all... have that many friends? I'm, I'm He's just... popular. He's <laughs> <laughs> very popular. <laughs> Let's keep talking about how to travel. Yeah. <laughs> um, whatever. I'm, 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 I've been a punk rocker since yeah. 1982. Uh, all my friends are uh, aging punk rockers, and we're all st- most of us are still alive. And, yeah, I've, and people who still play always want a gig. It's fun. I've been in a band with the same three people for the last eight years, and I don't even know how I managed doing that with three people. <laughs> I think we get along pretty well. Yeah, I've been fistfighting ages. Did you ever like? Did you ever like really get into it with one of them? Uh, yeah, but yeah. it just, like, brotherly stuff. I think I saw Leftover Crack break, almost break up on stage at one point. It's really cool. By <laughs> the chant, were you at that? No, I wasn't there. Oh, they were, like, screaming at each other. I think someone walked off stage and then, <laughs> it was weird. But, Actually, yeah. um, um, Arrow from uh, Leftover Crack played with us for about uh, two or three months. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, we're neighbors. So okay. Sure. I think, well, I don't know if they were in Leftover Crack. Some Two members of Choking Victim, I guess they have a new band. They're playing. Public Serpents? Yeah, yeah, they're playing in the garage. We have. We're friends with them. Okay. They, they play with us. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, yeah. Uh, we have a. Well, our practice space is in, like, York, PA, which I'm sure you've never heard of. And it's a garage probably about the size of this room, and um, they're playing there in, like, a couple weeks, I think. Is that, wasn't Alec in our last show? Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah we were. Yeah. 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 It's a punk rock scene, right? Yeah. We all know each other. The more I talk to people, the more I'm finding connections I didn't realize were there. So it's definitely cool. Um, when did you guys uh, hook up with Alternative Tentacles? 
I need I need a good Jello story. Okay, this is this is a good story, but okay. I, I want to get it right. <laughs> now, so we're playing in San Francisco. Oh, please let me get this right. <laughs> oh. Okay, very slowly, and you can slow the tape down. <laughs> so uh, we have that song, uh, "All of California, Everyone Who Lives There Stinks." Yeah. Which we only do in California. And so I do a, a very long explanation about why they stink. And I, was, <laughs> I was like, you guys gave us Richard Nixon, you gave us President Ford, you gave us the Grateful Dead, and now apparently Joe Biafra is endorsing Jerry Brown for president. <laughs> and I had never met Joe before. He jumped on the stage and went, Oh, hell no! <laughs> I demand a rebuttal. I demand... I did not have the, the dairy. F- and our, our drummer at the time, Miss Precarious, had no idea who Joel Brown was. She's not a punk rocker, she's yeah. a jazz drummer. And she's like, Get the fuck off my goddamn stage! And I was like, That's Joel Brown. <laughs> Let him say whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> and so we had a debate on stage. I said, I said uh, no, I did. I, re- I read it in the Village Voice. Like, not everything you read is true, Jack. You should see what they say about you on Wikipedia. That's a good impression, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> uh, so that's every man. And um, <laughs> uh, he awesome. wanted to put our records out. He actually pursued us, pursued us to quite... Um, uh, he, uh, he, he did, because we, want, we wanted to stay local. Right. Um... It makes more sense. Big Nate T gives you a certain um, cachet, yeah. if you will. Uh, so he, how's that relationship? Is that pretty good? He is, he is hysterical. I'm always happy to hear from him. Yeah. Did, you, uh, did you see The Last Black Man in San Francisco? Did you see that movie? No, I didn't He has a great part where he rides up on a Segway. I didn't <laughs> know he was in it. I was like, he started talking. I was like, not many people sound like that. <laughs> and he's just doing like a segue tour in the movie. I was like, that's awesome. That's Jello. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I love the guy. Yeah. So uh, tell me a little bit about your new record. It just um, came out last week, right? How's that? Uh, the seventeenth. Seventeenth. Yeah. Okay. How's that been going? Oh, it's fucking growing. You, you should listen to it every day. And, every day. Whew. Yeah. I got nothing to say about that. Would you like to speak about the new record? Okay. No, no one was talking about. <laughs> well, the uh, I, I enjoy performing it, but I'm not on it, so I don't have much to say. Oh, um, it's a concept album. It's about a giant talking cat that is being chased by the police. What drugs did you do when you came up with that? I, what do you got? Uh, <laughs> not enough. <laughs> uh, I'm actually kind of a drug snob. So, Are you? Um, I am. I am. Okay, let's talk about it. What's oh, your favorite yeah. drug? What is that? Well, ecstasy, obviously. Is it? Oh, God, yes. Okay. I could do that for days and days and days. And have and have and have. Uh, Ms. Rodriguez is more of a pothead, which... You started to enjoy. Yeah. Uh, oh, am I not supposed to admit that? Or do you want that to be a secret that you'll be enjoying that? Oh, God, codeine? Oh. Really? I am so sad that the opioid crisis is, uh, has stopped me from being able to buy It's drugs. fucked it up. I know. Well, Brittany yeah. ate a weed cookie before we left here. I had her, I was like spouting off notes to her, and she's like at her phone, like. I'm just a little extra slowed down right now, so. You're, can you slow slowed down and like take a deep breath? It's all right. <laughs> I wish I had her with me. That's okay. Sorry. I mean, uh, I drink like a fish, but I actually don't really do drugs that much anymore. No. Which is something it's I'm hoping to get back to. Oh, yeah. Yes, I, I just approved the opioid. Uh, what about cocaine? 
Boy. A young man's joke. Is it? Yeah. It's got a few boys and it makes you enjoy it. I would play it a heart attack. It's fun, but like, it's like, it's yeah. jerk juice. Yeah. Juice. I like that. Jerk juice. It's true. It's true. If I make it a little blue, I know the exact reason that Jim Marie does not like me doing open lips. I will leave it then. <laughs> well, I feel you're in Baltimore. You got to do coke or crack or something. Yeah, I'm never yeah. crack. Yeah, coke. What are you? There used to be a bar in Williamsburg that was called Cokies, <laughs> where they sold cocaine. Oh, like you would just go up to the bar and say, "I'd like a whiskey and some cocaine, please." Only, it was only, only there. <laughs> and, and even better. It was owned by police officers. That's amazing. It was fucking amazing. It was probably like repossessed <laughs> drugs or something. It was also yeah. like it also actively like a tango club or something. Was it also like a tango club? Like didn't people actually tango there? Like oh, oh yeah, it was a dance club. It was like a video. Okay, I didn't know if that was slang or if you meant literally like no, tango. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. Really, really. So tango. people totally hopped up. Yeah, tango. <laughs> Tangoing more <laughs> cops carrying guns. Did you guys ever tango there? Oh, of course. <laughs> it was right down the street from uh, the local punk rock bar, which was called uh, Sweetwater, uh, which was owned by our original saxophonist, Mr. Steve Poulier. Okay. Um, good times. <laughs> the maids were still alive. Well, yeah. So I have a little, I have a segment on the podcast, and. Normally we call on a friend to do it, and if, if you want to skip over, we can, but I feel like there's two people in the room, and if they want to hop in on it, I feel like you guys would be really good on this. It's called Debate Game. Debate Game? Debate Game. Okay. And I have topics, and I'm going to pick a random one, and they're ridiculous. And you guys get to make an opening statement, argue with each other for two minutes, and then make your closing statements. And we'll let... The people who listen vote who won the debate. Okay, I don't, I do not understand the concept, but it's let's, let's great. Go. You'll be right. very good at it, as your father was a lawyer. So you, yeah. You do you want to Do you want to sit here for the I'll debate? I'll try, but I am, um, I am a stoner, so I don't. I, I get <laughs> that's how really I am. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah. I'm like, I get very like, fuck it, I don't care. That's okay. how I am. I'm just like, yeah. you won. You won. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you can have it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Oh God. <laughs> I so love your pink jacket. I don't know. That was the best purchase ever. Okay. Well, your topic is uh, we should legalize cannibalism. Is, does anyone uh, feel a particular feeling towards yes for that? Well, I'd like you to look at Gina's leg. Okay. That's exactly how I feel about cannibalism. Okay, so you're for cannibalism. Yes. And you're against it. And you have a minute for your opening statement. Um, Well, it's a consensual relationship. I would never eat someone's flesh if they did not want me to. But I'm excited and would like to meet people who would like me to chomp on their leg. There you go. Okay, arguments against cannibalism. Um, there's no way that you could possibly uh, regulate that. People are disgusting and people should not eat other people because it's absolutely filthy. And uh, perhaps they taste good because they're supposed to taste like pigs or whatever. And everyone knows every part of a pig is delicious. But I don't believe it. I don't believe that people, even though the man is called Long Pig, uh, I don't, I just, I don't believe it would be uh, sanitary in any way, shape, or form to. Uh, 
You clearly have a, a much more sophisticated view on this than I do. <laughs> I, yes, I, yes, I do. That's right. Well, <laughs> as a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> Any rebuttals? Uh, no, I'm not to disagree with her. <laughs> However, I will be chomping on her leg later in the evening. <laughs> That's the ecstasy talking. <laughs> <laughs> only. Yes, no. doesn't even get ecstasy anymore. You guys know that club in the in the New York, uh, the Limelight? Hmm. Oh, you missed out. Oh, you missed out. That was a fun drug club, but now it's a gym. Oh. Uh, now it's, it's a probably, di- probably yeah. different yeah. drugs fitness, there. Yeah, it's a fitness club yeah. now. Now Damn. it's like muscle heads and like yeah. you know, steroids. They're juicing like, up. Yeah. 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 It, 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 was, it was the goth club in, in really New York. Lots of oh 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 the times we have. Lots of darkness. <laughs> you know. I wish I got to experience that personally. Oh, yeah. Like I never got to experience that. I was too young. It wasn't like my. It wasn't the right time. So, yeah. And we, we were too right young people. too, but that was before they cared about such things. Right. You know, like it used to. You used to be able to go into clubs at any age and just be gothed up or raved yeah. up yeah. or ridiculous enough looking to get in the door and that's all you yeah. had to do but now everything is so much more regulated right. since 11 and even since Giuliani which was way before once Giuliani got in office he shut down fun across the board right. and it became where New York City became a place where you could leave your purse on a table and walk away and have it not be gone it's like who the fuck needs that <laughs> who needs that you know like that's just this really, like personal irresponsibility became, it's like, no, if you got your shit stolen, you were like, well, I'm an irresponsible jerk, and you moved on. Like, now everyone right. becomes outraged when their shit gets stolen. Yeah. What's wrong with you? So, no. so what are your thoughts on the current political climate? <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk uh, 2020 election. I wish Trump would explode, first of all. I wish he would explode, and I definitely feel that he is going to, we're going to get another four years of this bullshit. I, I don't think he's going to win again. I do. I do. Do. You do, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I'm going for assassination, but I already, I I already have a history. With that. So, who is the best chance to beat in that? <sighs> I'm gonna say Hillary, but no, she might be running. I mean, I like Bernie, but he's quite old. Yeah. Any, any, yeah. anybody yeah. else? It's like a. <laughs> I mean, nobody's nobody's perfect. Everybody's got a problematic something or other. Uh, I think she's very smart. I think she gives a shit about people. And uh, you know, I'm also I, I don't know enough to, to be strongly for anyone or okay. against anyone. I do also like uh, Mr. Sanders' policies. I also think he's old, and uh, I also think he says a lot of things, but doesn't necessarily achieve a lot of things. Right. So. Yeah. I, I would I, I would like Bernie to be the president. I think he would be. Very, very entertaining, because he's like your grandfather, or anyone's <laughs> grandfather. Hey, yeah. another thing! <laughs> what I have to say about this is... Uh, so that would be entertaining television, and I'm sure Saturday Night Live would be very happy about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Larry David would take over. <laughs> actually related. Wait, what? They discovered that they were actually related. Really? Not surprised, they I guess. Did, yeah, they, they did some weird DNA thing, and they had a real... They, they, that's both got a huge out of it. They yeah. were just like, okay. Wow. Yeah. Look that up. Look I'm, I'm that up. sorry. Back up. What? Larry <laughs> and, and Bernie Sanders are actually related. Wow. They did some weird DNA test and they were both surprised and both tickled. And yeah. I did mine. I'm very happy to be related too. 
What the people want to hear is I'm related to Larry David. But of, co of course you think the current political situation is garbage. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, that wasn't on my notes, but it happened. Okay. Um. Uh, let's just uh, remind everybody that I was actually put in prison for threatening to kill Ronald Reagan. Were you put in prison? Yeah. Well, Juvie. Sorry, you were too little. Yeah, well, Juvie is still prison. <laughs> just put that in. Let's in talk the about that. <laughs> we'll wrap it up here in a minute. <laughs> it's been told so many times. Okay. Uh, yeah. yes. Okay. I did threaten to shoot President Reagan, and I want to do it again and again and again and again. Yeah. And I was put in juvie for that. And I would do it again and again and again and again. <laughs> the, uh, the old people in Gettysburg, whom I work with, would be very upset to hear that. Actually, no, in, in retrospect, Reagan was kind of cute. Huh? Well, you can be cute and still be a dickhead. Right. Uh, yeah, but right. things are so awful now. Yeah, you <laughs> look All right, well, we'll wrap it up. We, I think we're going on like 45 minutes, so I want to give you guys right. time to get set up for the show. Is there anything you want to plug before we wrap it up? I've already warmed up, right? We did soundcheck? We did soundcheck. Okay, so I'm fine. No, anything, um, anything you'd like to know? Yeah, I think. What's your favorite book? My favorite book yes. is Post Office by Charles Bukowski. Oh, Bukowski. Yeah. That's a guy thing, though. Yeah. I think both of these will agree. Yeah. I don't... Did I tried to make you read that, and you were I like... I couldn't get into it. Yeah, she didn't like the way he wrote, because it's like prose. It's very... And plus he's sexist as all get yeah. out. Yeah. In, in a lovable way, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was, I mean, he was a piece of shit, yeah. Uh, yeah. But those are the interesting people that you want to read about. They, that's why I feel like I cannot be a piece of shit... So I can just read about other people who were, and be like, I don't want to be like that nope. guy. Uh, Ginny Marie, do you have a favorite book? Um, I did have favorite books throughout time, but they always change. And for a while, my favorite book was The, the God of Small Things by Armin Hati Roy. And it was about uh, growing up, uh, about two twins, a boy and a girl growing up in India. And it was just deeply beautiful and deeply, deeply sad. Yeah. And it just came at the right time. And I've had other favorite books, but that was the one, the last favorite book that I can recall to mind. I had a pretty strong Stephen King face, influenced by my really? mother. I've actually never read a Stephen, book, uh, Stephen King novel. I remember Though being I terrified. I met him once. Did you? I did. I was working at uh, Tower Records. And uh, he came up with like a stack of Ramones records. Yeah. He's like, I love the fucking Ramones. Of course he does. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, great. <laughs> he's like, see, I'm Stephen King. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, who has a weirder voice, Jello Biafra or Stephen King? <laughs> Both of them? I don't know. They're like the weirder voice? Oh, Jello does. He does, right? That's yeah. I think I remember him having a weird voice. I can't do it. But it's weird. Yeah, I feel like um, uh, mine would have to be a Master Margarita, the, the Russian novel. What's that about? I never heard of that. It's, uh, when the devil goes to, uh, uh Moscow to fuck shit up. That's with cool. The, with a giant talking cat. Do you feel like a connection? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Bulgakov. Mikhail Bulgakov is the author. Okay. Have you guys played Russia? No. Um... One time we were booked there, but they wouldn't let us in for no reason. Yeah, yeah. And it was so we had a week off. It was weird. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. 
and then they were like, "What? We've we had we had we've got our papers and everything." They're like, "Nope." What'd you guys do? Just like uh, we went to Germany and played chill. a bunch of squats and hung out with punk rockers. Oh, yeah, which was also fine, but uh, but no, we've not not played uh, the former Soviet Union. Any desire to play there now? Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. Come on, Russia. Yeah. Looked at my mic like I was talking to people. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that'll be my ten friends list. <laughs> I want to play everywhere. Yeah. I want to like absolutely everywhere. I want to see things on someone else's dime. I've never been to Japan. Have you been to Japan? I haven't been to, I haven't been to Asia at all. I heard when you go to Japan, it's pretty like there, because bands don't go there very often. It's like way better than people expect. Uh, Keith was talking about that. He's like, oh, they say treat you very well. Yeah, but we were actually we're trying to work it out, but it's so expensive. Yeah, it's just wildly expensive to get there and to be there. Right. They have a lot of pay-to-play situations there too. Oh, do they? Yeah, yeah, yeah which is just, just yeah. Uh, and not once you're there, you're already spending a lot of money. It's like, hey, we'd like to pay yeah. for you to see us. It's like. Ugh. I so thought that only like hung around in like <coughs> rural metalcore scenes. Absolutely not. No, no like that was a, that was a stain on the New York scene for a while. Was oh. like like you have to have X amount of people, or if you don't, then you, like, you, you they'll, they'd come to you and they'd say you actually owe us twenty five dollars. Right. And it's just like what? Which <laughs> led to hilarity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Uh, yeah, yeah. What was it one time the guy wanted to pay, and I was like, I- I'm going to beat you up now. <laughs> you can keep asking for money, but eventually your jaw is going to be broken. So do, now you, does Dominic? He does that for you guys, right? <laughs> yeah. he, he shakes him down. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yes. We once almost had a really fun fight in a rehearsal studio, though. That was fun. Oh, I don't remember. Remember please. we had that wonderful fight in the rehearsal studio? I think that somebody, I think somebody, somebody left something in the studio before we were there, and of course we pocketed it. Right. And then, uh, you know, and then stupidly the person came back, and we were like, oh yeah, we were just going to take this. And she was like, huh, well, <laughs> get some bullshit to say about it. And both Jack and me and our drummer Felipe were like, like, <laughs> 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 oh, we were so excited, you know, like, Felipe kind of like, was like, <laughs> and, like, and like, I was like, oh, like, you know, like, and, and Jack is stomping around, you know, and, like, and that they were, they were a band that had, like, also another band that had, like, you know, because, you know, they probably looked at Jeffrey, who plays violin, and, like, they saw, like, some mild men and funny-looking people, yeah, yeah. and then they were, like, like eight pe- metal people with, like, long hairs and shit, so the I, long I, hairs I, I like metal people, you know, he hates them, but I've, I've played metal bands, or whatever, but, like, that, so we chase him up the we follow him, the team's like, oh shit, oh shit, and we like chase him up the stairs, and we were like, so, and he had to like, he had to run into the office and close the door, like, while his friends just like, they left him, like, I, I would have quit the band immediately, like, his friends just totally awesome. left him high and dry, he's like, mismatched three people, like, especially like, and I think I was like, I had a big mouth about it, I was just like, why did I get you know, like I wish there like, was video know. to go with this <laughs> right now. <laughs> it, it was but, terrible. Because Jack had kind of been like, like, kind of like, we're going to send out her first. And then, you know, it was like, you know, real crazy. Oh, it was so fucking hilarious. I oh feel like God. if someone so came out, you feel like, when you weren't expecting it, you could probably just kind of like, do that. I mean, that, that, the kicks, come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, those guys were so outmatched. 
and they have no idea. Even in his friends, like, just were just like, "Do you realize I am going to beat you with an inch of your life?" At least you give them a fair warning, though. I know I'm wearing makeup. Oh yeah, I love that. Definitely. Late, probably have a couple drinks and we just like. So funny, yes, and then one of your friends said, You might want to go back. Oh, no, that was a different fight. That was a different fight. <laughs> 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 they blend together. <laughs> Man, people are gonna be afraid to come see you guys. No, they should be. Just be. <laughs> <laughs> we're really I, I'm, I'm always shocked. I, mean, I know we're all very uh, good looking and uh, respectful looking people. Very I'm popular. always shocked that people don't know. How close to violence we are. <laughs> like, like sound guys or, or oh, yeah. bouncers, for Christ's sake. So, like, is there anything in my demeanor to not speak to I might beat you up? Yeah. Have you had any, like, shitty experiences with bouncers, kind of like. Uh, for them, not for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, because well, like, people are always really nice to us. Right. And it's usually like other. It's always over somebody else's fault, so. Right, right. And it's 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 always it's always about the makeup. I mean, I'm not a poet, I, I could care less if people think I am, but right. they, they always want to get in a fight about that. <laughs> Fag, I'm not. But if you want to fight about it, <laughs> you can totally go for it. This happened actually more often than you think. Still, it's still, like still, it's a, yeah, still. Well, it happened recently in my local bar where he was waiting waiting for me, and some guy was just like. So I got really drunk and like was asking, was, was like, yeah, fucking and he's like, he's like, no, but he's like, why, you want to fuck? And like, he was like, like, like a little pushing and shoving sort of like. And no, I was like, I'm open-minded, I guess. <laughs> That's the best defense yeah. though, because they get so like nervous then and awkward. And then they pull that. Well, I'm okay with it as long as as long as you don't get near me or <laughs> And our our bartender who was, I think she knows that we're. I'm not sure, but he's like, you leave him alone. He's very nice. He just drinks his drink and goes and does his thing. Like, he just, you know, like, he's a very nice homosexual man alone. You know, like, he's just like, <laughs> Which also meant she thought I was like, And once again, there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. But, no, it's okay. Yeah. I went. But yeah, that, that guy was so outgoing. So I was like, man. But I'm always surprised when it's just like, like, Jack and I are both 49 and just like, what the fuck do you think I've been doing for fucking 49 years, like, not knowing how to fucking defend myself? Right. Do you think I look like I need to live in the lap of fucking luxury? Fuck yeah. you. It's like, I rolled around in the dirt for decades. Fuck you. You know? Like, no. And, you know, maybe I'm, like, older now and I don't want to. Right. But I can and I will. So, you dog, you're a dog walker. And would, would, um, when you're at home, what do you do on the side? Um, he kicks my cats. Kick your cat. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I kick your cat. Uh, and then you take him for a walk. <laughs> uh, I don't have a day job anymore. Okay. I, I, I did work at the, the Metro Museum of Art for right. a, a very long time. I, I even had a pension. Wow. I know. They pay me for not working. It's great. Uh, a wonderful job, and I, I really enjoyed my time there. So what's the worst job you guys have had outside of? Oh, God. A little dishwasher, but... I think the worst jobs I've probably pushed them all out of my mind. <laughs> yeah. Another thing I mean, is, young is do not dwell on old yeah. things. Yeah. I feel like I've pushed a lot of them out of my mind already. Yeah. 
Oh, I mean, we've, I think we've all been bartenders, but that's yeah, not that's the not, worst job. Yeah, that's not the worst job at all. I actually like being a dishwasher. Yeah. I was really good at it, though. <laughs> I know people who love being a dishwasher. Yeah. You just you get in thing. the zone and yeah. you just do it. Like, you clean it and it's oh, instant gratification. Never not. Did you have one of those big uh, canisters you put the... Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I was like 13, it was before they had like all the like child labor laws in <laughs> <laughs> It was like I was in middle school and they're like, you're working? I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> I was a fry cook, really cool. that, that actually wasn't a bad job. Ta- Taco Bell was my first, that was pretty rough. Oh, yeah, I've never worked on a, a chain. Yeah. For a little while, I, I had moved to Texas for a very, very short amount of time and I worked in a Taco Cabana. Oh. Everyone, go check out All Borders Are Poorest Cats. Um, Out officially as of January 17th on Alternative Tentacles Records. Go see World World Inferno Friendship Society on their current U.S. store. You have other tours coming up? Yeah, we're in Europe for this summer. Okay, go see them in Europe. Oddly enough, I feel like everything I put has more European listeners than U.S. listeners. All right, thank you so much for doing this. This was great. TJ, what gripes you, bud? All right, what gripes me? Wallets. (laughs) 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 But where are you supposed to put all those quarters you steal from those shopping carts? (laughs) (laughs) This is what gripes me about wallets. You spend money to have a wallet to put your money in, but after you've spent your money to buy a wallet, you have no more money. So you bought a thing that you can't even use. <laughs> well, who says that the wallet was your final investment? Yeah, if you if your savings account has a thousand dollars in it, are you buying a thousand dollar wallet? No, but the rest of my money's in the savings account. I'm not taking out $1,000 to go buy a wallet. I'm not taking out $1,000. Here you go. Here's $20 for my wallet so I can put $980 in it. Like, but, no. But, but presumably you're making more <laughs> – fuck. Presumably you're making more money after you buy the wallet so it will have a future use unless, like Steven said, it's your final transaction and then you die. Yeah, in like a week you'll have something to put in a wallet. So yeah, I carry this piece of leather around in your pocket for a week for no reason. <laughs> Where do you put your driver's license? <laughs> I guess in my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, debunked. I mean, you really, if I'm trying to help out here, you could really just keep your driver's license in your pocket. Yeah. Or your car. You could just keep it in your car. That's a terrible idea, but you could. Yeah. Let me defend you, TJ. I guess when you have everything in your wallet, like Steve, you can lose it under your car seat for months. <laughs> and when you lose it, you lose everything all at once. If you had your driver's license in one pocket, a bunch of money in like a jacket pocket, you'd only lose one thing at a time. Well, I will say in this day and age, in this day and age, um, wallets will be – I'm going to predict this a thing of the past in the next 10 years because with things like Apple Pay and PayPal. Or if you riddle me this, where are you going to put your ID then? Right, but how long until our ID is digital or fingerprint based? Mm. Over my.
my dead body. Or you think I, that, I pupil-based, you know what I mean? You think you'll scan your your thumbprint or your eyeballs to get on an airplane? Yeah, absolutely. They're already doing that. Yeah. Hmm. They're already doing, like, facial recognition to get on airplanes. So maybe TJ's just ahead of his time if I'm, if I'm really trying to help out here. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so that's what gripes me, wallets. <laughs> all right, well, that'll do it for um, episode number three of Two Beats Off Podcast. Uh, we want to thank Jack and Gina for doing the interview. It was great to... My God, TJ's eyes are fucking weird. Uh, it was great to do an in-person interview for the first time, and hopefully we have a bunch more coming up. Uh, if everyone wants to check out the new record by World Inferno Friendship Society, they can do so. It just came out in January. And uh, I got nothing else. Justin, TJ, what do you got? Um, I guess, well, we're on iTunes now. Yep. iTunes is fixed. So you could, it's not iTunes anymore. It's Apple Podcasts now, right? Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apple Music. So you could possibly be listening to us on that. Um, rate and review is what we're supposed to say, right? Leave right. us a review. Subscribe. Subscribe. Rate. And we're on all the social medias. Um, I think it's Two Beats Off Pod on everything, right? On Instagram and Facebook. Um, not on, on Twitter. Or Twitter, not Facebook. Twitter's two beats off pod. I think the rest are two beats off podcast. Okay. Yeah. That's easy enough. You'll figure it out. Yeah. Last but not least, Justin, next week, come with your pants off, please. All right. Oh, come yeah. Over. What do we got next week? Who who do we have? Who next week? Uh, Keith. Yeah, Keith. We've, we've got Keith. Uh, play drums in Ambitions. He played drums in energy he played drums in hostage column and he's got some new projects so uh justin what's your thing next check month? us out next monday and every monday wherever you find podcasts bye bye bye